Good morning, good morning, good morning. If everyone would come on in and take their places. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. What are you going to do? Well, do a little rejoicing and being glad this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're off to a tremendous start. Great message last night. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just awesome to be in this place with you guys and in the presence of the Lord. And we've got some good things in store today. In the uh, 9 o'clock sessions this week, we're going to be introducing each one of the world outreach directors from around the world and uh, uh, the Karis Bible Colleges and let you get acquainted with what they're doing. And we'll be sharing about world outreach throughout the week. But uh, just to introduce it, this is the part of Andrew Womack Ministries that's responsible for raising up Karis Bible Colleges all over the world. We've got our own mailing list. We raise our own funds, and we use those to supplement these individuals as they answer the call of God in their lives and go out and establish these Bible schools. And so we, we would like for you to be a part of World Outreach, and so we'll be sharing throughout the week. We've got some brochures we'll be handing out later on. And so we want you to be informed about what's happening in that part of Andrew's ministry. And it's exciting to see what God is doing in all of our Bible colleges around the world. And the exciting thing for, for us to see is that it doesn't make any difference what country it is. We're seeing the, the lives transformed in the same fashion because it's the Word of God that's doing it. And it's not based upon a personality or someone's personal charisma, but it is the Word of God, and that's what changes lives, and we're excited about what God is doing. So I'm going to be introducing our directors from around the world, and the first one this morning is is Dannon and Amanda Winters from Jacksonville, Florida. So let's give them a warm welcome as they come. Making his grand entrance. <laughs> Bless you guys. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Are you ready to praise God? Hallelujah. It's going to be an awesome day today. Uh, Like Wendell said, my name is Dan and Winter, and this is my wife, Amanda, and I'm just going to give her a minute to greet you guys. Good morning, everybody. Um, Just like Dana said, my name's Amanda. Our last name is Winter, and unfortunately, I don't like the cold weather, so... I'm more a summer girl, so we live in Jacksonville, Florida. So I'll make my plug for Jacksonville. We don't have the beautiful mountains, but we have the beach. And uh, we have a great school. We have about 35 students. It's the fourth year of the school. And it's just been awesome um, to be a part of the school's beginning last year with Dannon. And um, just we've just grown to love the students. That's the probably my nugget is that um, just the students seeing their lives change and seeing just people come in are just totally transformed by the word of God. And it's just so awesome. We just have a love for them and, um, we just welcome you to visit anytime. Also, uh, is Karen Reimer here today? There she is. I just wanted to uh, recognize Karen. Uh, when we started the school, uh, four years ago, she picked up all of her stuff 
put it in a car and moved across the country to help us launch that school. And uh, she's here with us today, too. So I just wanted to honor her and say thank you, Karen. <laughs> Praise God. I don't have a whole lot of time, and there's a lot of things that I, I could share today. Uh, can I see your hand if you were here last year for the conference? Okay, a few of you then. Well, the, uh, there was such a, there was a lot of great messages that you heard, and I have no idea if you heard me speak or not, but last year I talked about counting the cost, and uh, I know many of you are here and you're going to be considering uh, the possibilities of becoming a, uh, a Bible college student, and one of the things I said last year is you really need to count the cost because it will cost you something. Uh, there is going to be sacrifice involved. And I went down this whole track of you're going to have opportunity to quit. You're going to have opportunity to give up. You're going to have opportunities and hardships where you can just say, hey, this is maybe this wasn't God or maybe this, you know, it isn't working out. Maybe I should go back to the land or the, from the home that I came from. And I encouraged everybody to really consider that and count the cost because once you start this race, you don't want to quit. God said, man, once you put your hand to the plow, do not look back. You need to keep your eyes straight ahead of you. You stay focused and you go towards the goal and don't look back. You know, and I started thinking about that and uh, as far as counting the cost. And, you know, um, there's another thing you really need to count and consider. What's the cost if you don't come? What's the cost if you don't step out and follow God's plan for your life and you stay right where you are in your comfort zone? What is the cost? Think about, Andrew was talking about Peter last night. You know, you want to be walking on the water. You want to experience a full, abundant life in Jesus Christ. You got to get out of the boat. You got to get out of your flesh, out of your comfort zone, and you got to step out by the Holy Spirit and step into the world of God. And it's on the water. And so, you know, every, Jesus came to give us abundant life, and He has such an awesome destiny and plan for each one of you. And, you know, many of you, uh, you might have this feeling or this desire in your heart like, man, maybe I should come to Bible college. First of all, let me just say this. Whether you're called to full-time ministry or not, um, listen, Bible college is like a spiritual greenhouse. That's what, I, that's what I like to say it because you put yourself in an environment that is perfect for growth. The conditions are perfect for growth. The word of God that is taught in these schools is so anointed. It's a balanced word. It's filled with power and life. And not only that, do you get great teachings, but you put yourself in, the, in a mixed or in, a, in the midst of a group of people who are fired up for Jesus, hungry for the things of God. And, you know, I'll tell you what, it's day in, day out. That consistency, those, those are three main things. The Word of God, uh, being around other believers with the like mind and similar desires, and then being consistent with it. It's a spiritual greenhouse. You will transform. You will become the, uh, you know, the person that God has created you to be. Think of it like a plant. Plants, I mean, there's, you can put a plant in different environments and depending on the environment will de determine the outcome or the health or the prosperity of that plant. You understand what I'm saying? Don't put a cactus in, in Alaska. You know, don't put a pine tree in the Sahara Desert. It, it won't work. It might survive, but it's not going to thrive. So the school is like a spiritual greenhouse. And if you put yourself in this position, you, you're going to change. You're going to begin to bear as much fruit as possible. So whether you're called to full-time ministry or not, this is an awesome place, especially in our culture that is not a godly culture that you can just be in this culture and just grow in God. I mean, you have to make an effort to experience the things that God has, to experience the spiritual life. And if you put yourself in this structure, it's almost like autopilot in a sense. You are going to see change happen. And we do see this at um, many of the schools around the world, really all the schools around the world. 
It's, it's really a phenomenal thing. And I think those ingredients uh, are part of it. So consider the cost. You know, what if you don't come? Even if you're not called to full-time ministry, like I said, you're going to change. It's going to benefit you. You know, you spend those two or three years here, you're going to be a totally different person. And even if you don't go to the ministry, per se, man, you're going to be more powerful and effective in whatever you do. So, you know, it's not just for ministers. However, if you are called to ministry, then, man, this is, this is special forces training. You're going to be come out of here and, uh, well, I can't say Grady's saying. Uh, that wouldn't be appropriate here, but uh, uh, <laughs> you're going to come out of here strong. I used to say like this, I'm trying to be polite. I don't come from uh, the cleanest background, but uh, I'm trying to be a blessing to you guys and watch my words. As Andrew said, you've got to use some wisdom with what you say. I've, I've said some things from the platform before, and people, like, all the air got sucked out of the building. Like, <gasps> I can't believe he said that. And they're like, what, did I say something wrong? <laughs> Praise God. You know, God sees our heart. I'm thankful for that, you know. Where was I? All right, so listen, you know, uh, this is, if you're going to go into a war, which is, I mean, ministry is a war, and if you're, you're, whether you're in ministry or not, you're in the war, but if you're going to go into war, don't you want the best training you could possibly get? Man, go and get the best so that you can survive, and not only survive, but bring as many casualties to the, uh, to the opposing army as possible, wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness, and this school will definitely prepare you to do that. So counting the cost. You know, uh, many of us have a temporal mindset, and to kind of tag on to what Andrew was saying last night, man, we, we're spiritual beings. If you're a Christian, if you have Jesus on the inside of you, you're, you're not just natural anymore. You're spiritual. And God's given you the ability to see spiritually. And you know, y- your perspective and your priorities need to go along with that. Uh, so many people live for the moment. They live for the now. They don't consider the future. A lot of people like, you know, put a lot of emphasis on uh, preparing for retirement, preparing for, you know, when you're done working. What about preparing for eternity? Man, that's forever. And that's not 10, 15, 20 years. I'm talking about living in a way so that when you cross into eternity out of this body, we're already in eternity, but when you step out of this body and you see Jesus face to face, are, what's, what's your... Uh, your account going to look like then. Jesus said, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where, you know, moth can't come in and eat, rust can't destroy, nobody can break in and steal. Man, set forth, in other words, live your life in such a way that you're not living for the now. Man, that you're given what you have. You're living with a greater purpose. Um, you know, there's a lot I wanted to say about this. You can't say it in 12 to 15 minutes. But I'll just say this. You know, I always wondered why it said that God loved Jacob and hated Esau. And I thought, man, man, he hated Esau. And there's a, I'm just going to say one nugget that I believe the Lord showed me about that. You know, I believe one of the things that why God hated Esau is because he traded the greater for the lesser. He said, oh, he came, you know, he came back. He was famished from hunting all day. And he said, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Man, he was only hunting for a couple days. You can go 40 days without dying, without eating and not die. But Esau, man, he had temporary discomfort. And he said, give me some of your porridge to his brother Jacob. And Jacob's, Jacob was thinking about, well, what can I get that will benefit me? If I give up this temporary thing right now, what, what am I going to gain? You know, see, oh, there's just too much to say. I'll, do you guys, can, can you translate machine gun if I start speaking really fast? See, 
Esau said, give me this, give me this, because I need it, I'm about to die. Temporary mindset, give me a quick fix. And Jacob said, hey, what am I going to get out of this thing? He said, sell me your birthright. And Jacob said, or Esau said, fine, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the, my birthright, this, uh, this great thing for a little, a little bowl of cereal, a little bowl of Cheerios, I'll trade my birthright. Man, that, God, that, God, that is not God's mindset. That does not please God. That's a temporary mindset. What can I get now? Who cares about tomorrow? Who cares about the future? Man, that is not the, what, what God has called us to. It's important to have a, a, an internal mindset. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, you know, f- we fix our eyes on the things that are unseen, not on the things that are seen, because the things that are unseen, you know, are, are eternal. The things that are seen are temporary. In other words, fix your attention. Or you could say, give your life, give your heart to things that are unseen, to the world of the spirit, to the things of God. You can't see those things. But if you give your life to those things, man, you are storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. When you lose your life, you will truly find your life is what Jesus said. But if you try to hold on to your life, if you try to stay in the boat, you try to keep in that comfort zone, you're, you're missing out on the greater thing. It's like Esau, you're, you're willing to trade the things of God for this temporary fix. Don't do that. Man, God has a plan for you guys. You you, got to count the cost. What if you stay where you're at? You'll never experience the miracle power of God. He has something more than you can even imagine, but you got to get out of your boat. You got to put that temporary comfort zone away and say, God, I will step out in faith and walk by the spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Man, I'm just challenging you guys. Be willing to step out. God has called us to a life of faith, not a life of just, if I can see it, then it'll work. No. Don't do that. I'm challenging you guys. And I've got 45 seconds left to do that. (laughs) I'll close with this scripture. No, I'll just mention it. I'll paraphrase it. In 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, it talks about, you know, Paul said, I laid a, a a foundation as an expert builder. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. If you're born again, you have that foundation of Jesus Christ. But how each one builds will be seen on the day because it'll be tried by fire. If a man builds with his own works, with his own efforts, it's going to be wood, hay, and stubble, and it's going to be burned in the fire. He might be saved, but man, as escaping through the flames, there'll be, there'll be nothing there. Living for the now, living for the temporary. But if you build with precious stones, gold, and silver, it will be shown Praise God, and you will have that treasure when you cross over and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I called you to do. You know, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifice. You know, give yourself to God. Give your life to God. Follow his plans. It's not about what do we want to do. We've been bought with a price. Praise God, we need to consider these things. So count the cost. You know, there's, it's a much bigger risk to stay where you are in your comfort zone than it is to get out. Even if you failed, Peter started to sink, but Jesus didn't say, well, you should have stayed in the boat with the rest of the guys. Man, there's mercy there. If you step out and you fail, God's gonna pick you right back up. But at least you can have a chance to walk on water and experience the great things that are in the spiritual life. Praise God. I'm gonna honor my time frame, but I just wanna say we love you guys, and man, it is so exciting to see what God is doing through this ministry around the world. I never would have thought we would have been running to school 10 years ago when we started this whole journey. But it's amazing to be a part of this thing. And maybe some, some of you out there will be doing the same thing because 
Andrew and Jamie are recruiting a lot of good, they're looking for good men and women. And you know, you come to the school, get transformed and then go out and do the same thing. This thing is really sweeping the world and God has given you an opportunity to jump in and be a part of this thing. God bless you. I hope that encouraged you a little bit. We love you. Praise God. Got a little preach in him, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, our next director from Dallas, Texas, Miss Kitty Potts. Need a hand? Thank you, sir. I love you, Wendell. <laughs> well, they heard it, didn't they? <laughs> God is so good, and I am so grateful to be part of this ministry. I think it's the only one in the world that I would fit in because I've been an oddball, seemed like the day I was born again. <laughs> I've served under uh, wonderful pastors, full of love, but most of the time they just scratched their head. They didn't know what to do with me. I just was so excited all the time, and I'm still excited. You know, Jesus is coming back soon. <laughs> he really is, and I, there's a lot to do. Uh, it's him in us that does it. When I said, Lord, what is it this year that you want me to say? Because there's so much that could be said. And Dan, and thank you so much for sharing, because that's really in all the director's hearts. You just go ahead and don't look back. When I was first born again, I was at, born again at home. It was an awesome experience, and I'm telling you, it was life-changing. Well, as I, I didn't like to read before that, but once I got born again, I just stayed in the Word. Now, I'm not Andrew. I tell my students all the time, I'm not Andrew, but I know the Word. It's in me, and you try to look it up. Because <laughs> a lot of times I get up and uh, minister, and I have a couple of scriptures, and then after that, it just goes crazy, but it's good crazy. But I ran across a scripture shortly after I was born again in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I know y'all have heard this many times. Uh, Andrew has spoke on this plenty of times. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When I read that, I said, God, I want to know your perfect will. I want to do all of this stuff. And we know it's, in, it's him in us, but we've got to believe. Then in uh, John, John four forty eight. It says this. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. I said, Lord, I believe. I believe everything you said. And I know it's still today. So I just determined I was going to believe. Jesus said we would uh, speak in other tongues. 
I did it maybe uh, two years quicker than Andrew, but <laughs> I wasn't brought up in the Baptist church. So, um, but it was a, st- <laughs> it still was a struggle for me. Uh, I, I wanted to so bad. The Lord brought me wonderful teachings on the gifts and I just absorbed all of it. And it just made me that much more hard to deal with, I guess. And, um, but I just believed, and I shared this uh, in a Friday night service with some uh, people in Dallas. And I said, you know, the Lord said just to speak of uh, what I've experienced, you know, the, a testimony of what I've experienced with the Lord. Well, let's see, what, how do you start with the miracles of God? But I experienced many. One of the first I, I experienced was I was in a little Presbyterian church. And I wanted to serve. I just wanted to serve. And I said, uh, Pastor, what can I do to serve? I, I don't know how to teach yet. And, of course, I was new, newly born again and quite a novice, but I love God. He said, well, do you want to serve coffee on uh, Sunday afternoons once a month and after church and for newcomers? And I said, oh, I'd love to do that. So I did, and I was had just poured a couple of cups of coffee and and it was one of those big urns, and just the coffee came out boiling hot. And so I was headed towards serving a couple, and this gentleman walked across, and he didn't mean to. It was a total accident, but he knocked my hand. And when he did, this hot coffee went on my hand and my arm, and immediately blisters came up. I mean, in the pain, but it was so quick. And I said, Jesus. And when I looked, I'm like, it all disappeared. <laughs> and this guy looked at it. And, you know, you can either, it'll, signs, uh, miracles will draw you or it'll make you run. Well, this guy looked at it. He ran. We never saw him again. <laughs> so, so I thought, oh, and I, how did I know to say Jesus? I just knew Jesus is the one that makes it happen. And it just came. It just came because it happened so quickly. Then I think of another time, uh, my number two daughter. Uh, she was probably about eight years old. She would never pass an animal, especially little kittens, that she didn't pick up and bring home. I said, Kim, no more. We can't handle any more. We got three dogs and five cats, and that's it. And, uh, okay, Mom, I promise. Well, one Saturday morning I get up and... I hear this sound. Yo, Kim's still in her room in bed, and it's probably about 8 or 9 o'clock. I figured she'd be up by then. Well, I opened the door, and I said, Kim, well, the cover was over her head. I said, Kim, you ready to get up? Mm. And then all of a sudden, I hear this, meow, meow. I said, Kimberly, you got a cat in here? Uh Ugh, that's all she could say. And I heard it again. I said, Kimberly, I went over and pulled the covers back, and here's this little kitten. Cutest thing. I said, Kimberly, what did I tell you? She said, but Mama, it would have got run over if I hadn't picked it up. So that was her always excuse. And so we kept it. But we know we had the dogs, too. We had a standard poodle, a toy poodle, and a mid-sized poodle, and all these other animals. And... um, They all played well together. I never could figure out why people would say they're fighting like cats and dogs. I never saw my animals fight. But this one uh, morning, I heard a little scrapple. And what had happened, uh, the big dog had just tried to knock the kitten away. When 
when she did, she didn't mean to, but it just knocked one eye was just totally hanging out. I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? I can't handle this. And uh, so I just got a towel, wrapped it up, and I went into the laundry room with it. And I said, nobody go in there. Leave this. If Jesus don't do something, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, my husband got in that night late, and I said, David, don't go in the utility room. This little kitten's in there. It's not in good shape. But he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm expecting Jesus to do something. We went in the next morning, and I picked up this kitten. That eye was totally back in socket, totally healed, no blood, no nothing. Jesus did it. See, these are miracles, things, and they don't quit. But these, what happened here is that uh, because of these signs, wonders, and miracles, I was having visions and tell my husband, he said, you need to go tell that person. Uh, We went to this other little Presbyterian church, and shortly after we started there, I had this vision of um, this pastor. And he was walking, and Jesus had his arm around him. I'm like, it was so vivid. And I told my husband, he said, you need to go tell him. I said, oh, David, he doesn't know me. I mean, you just don't go. He says, no, Kitty, go tell him. So I went up to the church one day, and and um, I said, is a pastor here? Yes. I said, I'm Kitty Potts, and could I see him just for a moment if he's not busy? And she said, well, let me call back there anyway. She escorted me back there, and um, we had never even maybe shook hands or anything. And he said, oh, I, I remember you and your husband. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, what's going on? I said, well... I don't know if you'll understand this, but I said, but I had a vision of you. And uh, in the vision, you were walking, and it's like your head was kind of knelt down, but Jesus had his arms around you. And it was just so wonderful. And my husband said, I had to come tell you, so I just told you. This pastor's just began to weep. And I said, Pastor, are you okay? And he said, I am. He said, Miss Potts, I have been struggling because there's such a movement in this church and it's causing a split. And he said, I've just sought God and said, God, you must be really mad at me that I could cause a split like this. And I said, I don't think he's mad at you. I think he's telling you, go for it. <laughs> and you know, it really comforted and he stayed at that church. So there's, there's things like that. God will show you, just be open. And what, um, I went through many years like this. And when God called me up here, I had just said, Lord, what's the next step? I'd already gone to uh, uh, Bible school back in Dallas. I, I, I was so zealous to know more about the Lord. And then I, I was in a career. My husband passed away, and I closed down one business, opened up another one. And still, that was just something more. And I, got, I was free to minister to whoever I wanted to in these uh, uh, places of business I had. But there was still something left that I needed to do, and I didn't know what it was. I said, Lord, if you don't tell me, I'm just going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs. And then Evie, Yvonne, and Brian, uh, Grady O'Brien were friends of mine, and um, they had been called up here. And after the third time her calling to invite me, I said, Lord, is this the time to go visit them? Because she gave a deal. Oh, we're looking at a house to buy. We need your opinion. And I'm like, 
God said, yes, go and spend seven days. That was their expander vision week. And I sat there. I didn't even want to go down to class with Grady. And he just kind of, you know, pulled me down there. And uh, I said, I don't, you know, I hadn't paid to go to this. And I'm not a student. I don't want to take up room. And come on, Kitty, you're going. And as I sat there, that's when God said, this is where I want you. I'm like, whoa. In 40 days, I went back. Um, gave my business to someone else, and I came back up here to go to school. At that time, we had no extension schools in the U.S. And I tell you what, I was just, but I made up my mind. I said, Lord, I don't even have an agenda. I don't want an agenda. I just want to be here and receive. And I tell you what, I received more than I could ever think. And you know what? As a director, I'm still receiving. And and like Dannon said, it doesn't matter. You know, God's got a plan. He knows his thoughts towards you. They are good. He's got a plan. And why wouldn't you want to be in his plan instead of yours? You know, Andrew talked about, you know, he had, you know, his family had a plan. He went along with it to go to uh, college. God said, no, that's not his plan. Praise God he heard God because he started this work. And look at it now. I am so blessed. The students in Dallas are blessed. Many people in the Dallas area are being blessed. We've had, you know, we have all, let's see, it was 2003 when the first extension school in Chicago started. And I tell you, I thought, why are they doing that? Everybody needs to come to Colorado. I I didn't understand, you know, because it's handled a little bit different, but it's the same message. Same message. It's so awesome. But then the Lord had to take me, you know, sometimes he has to move us from one area to another or do something, especially with me, uh, so I can clear my mind and hear him. And when I went up to Chicago to visit, as the Lord said, go to Chicago, it just like, I saw the love of God there. These students so excited. They're still excited. Cindy is the director there. Y'all going to be hearing her share. It was just awesome. And so I just encourage you, but like uh, Dannon said, no matter what your uh, God's plan is, you can't go wrong with knowing the word of God. You know, it says we will have, receive the wisdom of God as we continue in his word. We're discipled is because wisdom is, is this, it's knowing the right thing to what the right thing is and doing it. And you know, I think of David Barton, you know, Andrew has been visiting with how awesome it spoke my eyes up too. And I just trust God like, Lord, what is my part in this? What is my part in, in doing something for you in this country? And you know what? It's doing exactly what I'm doing. I want to be aware of what God wants me to know because I can't watch Fox Channel all the time. With, I, you know, I just can't. You can only watch so much. I don't watch a lot of TV. And uh, I would rather watch Robin Hood, black and white, than some of this stuff. But, um, but praise the Lord that I encourage all of you. There is a stirring in your heart. Uh, what's next, Lord? And you may be an attorney. You may be a doctor. You may be uh, a factory worker. It doesn't matter. God is no respecter of person. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. I am just so satisfied uh, t- daily. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm satisfied today. I delight myself in the Lord, and he will give me my desires. He puts them in my heart. And I love you, and I'm so 
thankful for Andrew and Jamie, your faithfulness. Thank you so much. And uh, Jesus is coming back soon. God bless you. Praise God. I might share this with you before we introduce our next director. All of our directors, and we now have 15 schools in operation around the world and another one coming on in September and several others in the near future. But every one of our directors have been through one of our schools. Uh, Kitty and Dannon both graduated from the Colorado School. And it's Andrew's heart that all of the directors around the world go through our school. And and to be a director, you have to do the third-year program. But what it does, it keeps the message pure. It keeps the spirit and the heart of the ministry pure. And so what we're seeing is just exactly what the Lord spoke to Andrew back in 1993, that he wanted Andrew to begin to commit to faithful men and women the truths that God had revealed to Andrew and do it in such a way that they could go out and reach other faithful men and women that they might do also. And we're seeing that happen. And it's, it's awesome to see what God is doing. So every one of our directors are graduates of one of our Karis Bible College schools. And I want you to see uh, the fruit is the same regardless of where they're from. Our next director has uh, traveled a distance to be here with us. And I'm going to introduce Paul Flanagan from our England Karis Bible College. Thank you, Wendell. Good morning, everybody. I'm just absolutely awestruck with the uh, accommodation that I've been blessed with this year. It is amazing. I get up and wake up every morning and see God's creation. How on earth can people be so banal and idiotic to think there is no God? Just look around you. It's incredible. Incredible. I'm from the England School, and uh, we have um, achieved so much by just listening and resting in the Lord and coming under the word. The foundational scripture that the Lord gave me when I took over as director was, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborer is laboring in vain. And from that day on, it was the Lord that was building this house. And he showed me that he was building it individually, uniquely. Everyone is a unique individual. You can't be someone you're not. You can't try to be somebody else. You won't be a good clone, believe me. You've got to be uniquely you. Because you are unique. Through your iris scan and your DNA and your fingerprints, you're totally unique. And God has a place for you in your uniqueness. And he's building his, his body. He's doing the work. He's enabling you. He's equipping you. Don't ever think it's you. Because it's not you. It's him. 
And when we surrender to him, we die to ourselves. It is no longer I that liveth, but it is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that liveth in me. What a way to live. I'm ministering from a position of resting in him. I'm not striving, I'm not doing, I'm not meddling. I'm just being what he's called me to be. Did you notice he created Adam on the last day when everything was in place, everything was perfect. All he had to do was place him in the garden and everything he needed was already there. Do you know why he did that? Because if he'd created him on the first day, he'd have been saying, no, that color's wrong. I don't like the color of that sky. What have you done that for? It would have been bizarre. You know, people meddle, don't they? Let's just rest in him. Let's know that he loves us and he's for us. And if he's for us, who can be against us? It is relationship. For 42 years, I was a Catholic. With a name like Flanagan, you can't be anything else, can you? But as a Catholic, I was religious. Religion, performance related. Never sure whether I was going to be good or bad or doing something. Go to confession, you know. Please forgive me for I've sinned. All the rest of it, religiously, slavishly, right from a schoolboy. Then I went into the military and became a soldier. And lots of things changed. Lots of things were different. Then I was in Malaysia and in a Catholic monastery. Can you believe this? In Malaysia, I received salvation. Can you believe that? Franciscan monks. How bizarre can you get? I mean, God can get to you anywhere. This, um, this monk was uh, Brother Jonathan. He was the abbot there, and he was the head of the charismatic renewal movement of the Catholic Church for the Far East. And uh, he kept pestering me about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I kept saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen anything like this. I've never been to a meeting like that. And then one day, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I gave in. And from that day, almost instantaneously, I changed. The Holy Spirit was doing a work. My secretary called Su Fong and said, what's wrong with Paul? She says, why? He's being nice to us. <laughs> the sky was bluer, the grass was greener. Everything worked perfectly. I was at peace. I was in harmony. Everything was going great. And then the enemy tried to steal everything we had. We lost our business. We lost all our money. They froze all our assets. They kicked us out of the country. We came back broke, busted, and disgusted. But God, every hammer blow that fell drove me closer to him until I became totally God-dependent. And he brought me through every step of the way. And then in 1990, I heard Andrew. And we met when our church um, brought him over one day. And uh, we met in Coventry back in 1991. And from that day on, the message was so clear. When we're talking about clean provender, healthy food, have you noticed it looks like a cream bun, tastes like a cream bun, but that 1% cyanide will kill you every time. That's what churches are peddling. Mixture. Poison. 
The truth, the absolute gospel truth is what sets you free. No performance, no manipulation, openness and transparency, no hidden agendas. That's what this ministry is all about. What you see is what you get. You are who you are because God made you that way. And God has a a vision and a purpose for every one of us. And it's totally unique for you. But for me to grow, I had to have a sure foundation. You can't build on a religious foundation. I said last year that the college is a detox center for religious people. They come and get detoxed. And the Lord showed me my foundation was a mixture. And it was line upon line, precept upon precept. And I said, yeah, I know that. And he said, no, you don't. Listen to me. It's line upon line and precept upon precept. So I said, yes, Lord. And he said, what does that give you? And I'm, it, I don't know. He said, it gives you strength. It's like a lamination. It's strength and it's flexible. He said, your foundation was built on religion and it's like glass you twist it and it shatters and the whole building collapses have you noticed that the proverb of a foolish man builds his house on sand but the wise man builds his house on a rock and I think yeah that's great so the Lord said what is sand I said, sand, sand, it's in the Sahara, it's on every beach. And he said, no, sand is people. When you build your own house on the opinions of people, on the advice of friends, on the manipulation and control of pastors, then that house is going to collapse as soon as the storm hits. Have you noticed that? When your friends, as soon as the storm hit, they all disappear. Have you had those fair weather friends? Yeah, they all want to be your friend when you're in, in prosperity and they're all doing good and everything else. But once the, once the rubber hits the road, once the storm comes, you're, they're gone. You lost them. And then I came to Caris Bible College. And the Lord did a fantastic work in me. And I just rested in him. I was 58 years old when I got the call to come from that... Uh, meeting in the Butts Theatre in Coventry. And uh, people say, oh, you're too old. What are you going to Bible school for? Are you stupid? I was already a pastor, associate pastor, and vice president, uh, president of Full Gospel Businessman Fellowship in North Warwickshire. So I thought I knew the word. I thought I was secure. But I wasn't. I wasn't. I was in a place where I needed to have that foundation laid and secured. And Danon touched on it. We are a, a hot house, a greenhouse. It's a safe environment. You can grow. You can make mistakes. You can fall over and people pick you up. And it's full of love. It's full of peace. It's full of joy. Because the Lord is doing the work. We have a ball in, in, uh, in the UK college. Maybe some of you should come to England. But it's amazing what happens when God is doing the work through you. You are his dwelling place. Miracles. You know miracles are so commonplace now. 
we treat them very lightly. But the miraculous has become commonplace. We see hundreds of miracles every day. The miracle is we're walking with Jesus. The miracle is God is for me and who can be against me? We change atmosphere just by being the dwelling place of the Most High God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom, and all these things that you need will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. Where's the kingdom? Wherever the king is. You can't have a kingdom without a king, right? The kingdom of heaven is within you. Every attribute of the kingdom is within you. And you have the authority of the kingdom. Everywhere you go, the kingdom goes with you. You stand up and say no, the whole of the kingdom of heaven stands up and says no to sickness, no to poverty, no to fear, no to lack, no to discomfort. And when you say yes, the whole of the kingdom of heaven says yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a relationship. What a way to live. In the kingdom there is no sickness or disease, no poverty, no lack. I don't know how I came through what I came through. Every one of us has an individual testimony. Revelations 12.11 says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The unfortunate thing about testimony is you've got to go through some tests, right? <laughs> but the testimony that you have is powerful because it's you. People can't argue against that. They can't call you, a, well, they can call you a liar, I suppose, but it's the fruit that you walk in. I don't know how I got out of poverty. I don't know how I was miraculously healed. I just know God did it. And I can't really see how he did it. I walked away from cancer in 1988. He told me to go to the hospital and take all these, this stuff out of his body. And I'm thinking, it's not your body, it's mine. He said, no, I bought you with a price. Go and take that stuff out of my body. So I went, got all the nephrostomy bag removed and all the stuff that goes with it and, and walked away from it. I had to go to the hospital twice a week to get it treated. And I was being treated by the Queen Elizabeth Renal Unit in Birmingham. And that site just closed. And I walked away and never walked back. I never went back. I had to sign all sorts of disclaimers because they said I was a very sick man. But I believe God. And I just walked away from the whole thing. It was a nightmare time for us. When I was screaming on one side of the bathroom in pain at 2 o'clock in the morning, getting into hot water trying to kill the pain, and Su Fong screaming on the other side of the bathroom because she doesn't know what to do, that was a nightmare time. And I vowed from that time on, I would never see a doctor. I would never go to a hospital. I would never get treatment. I've got zero tolerance to sickness. I won't have any more sickness. I don't believe in sickness. I've tried sickness. It's not nice. I don't want it anymore. And having done that, you become stronger. Did you know resistance training makes you stronger? Gymnasiums make a fortune out of it. 
Resistance training makes you stronger. Whatever doesn't defeat you makes you stronger. And as a director and as all these directors, we've had a fantastic weekend this weekend. The directors all came and we we just had discussion and fellowship and ideas. and, And I can see clearly how God is doing a work on every continent in the world. Every country is being impacted by the simple gospel message. We already have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. It's already within us. All the provision of the kingdom is already in us. I don't have any needs. All my needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And it is no longer I that liveth, but it is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that liveth in me. I was thinking about sickness and disease and germs and how we're all avoiding infections. You see them walking around with face masks on and things because they're frightened of catching something. And then I looked at Jesus. Healing was infectious. People were getting healed. They were being infected with divine health. He was so full of health and joy and the Zoe life of the kingdom of God that everybody was getting healed. Everybody. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't love you any less than he loves Jesus. And if it was good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for me. Hallelujah. As he is, so am I in this world. 1 John four seventeen. This is who we are. The dwelling place of the Most High God. Infecting people with health, joy, peace, happiness, longevity. What a way to live. Giving, giving, giving out of an endless resource. Not my resources, his resources. I can't outgive God. And I think my time's about up. And you're all blessed and highly favored. Thank you for listening to me. Praise God. Awesome. These guys could uh, go on and on and on because God's really moving and working in their life. Let me just remind you that uh, tomorrow morning, uh, excuse me, Thursday morning, right after the morning session, we'll be having a Karis Bible College information meeting. It's going to be right out these back doors, right across the hall in the room right across the hall, and all the directors will be there. Uh, we'll be answering as many questions as we possibly can. We'll be sharing about the vision of the school. We'll be sharing about the curriculum. We'll just be sharing everything that uh, we possibly can to inform you that you can make a wise decision in being obedient to the Lord. And right in this room, God has plans for some of you to be involved in planning a Karis Bible College somewhere in this big old world. There are a lot of people out there need to hear what we're sharing. And uh, you may be the next one that God taps on the shoulder. And uh, your response should be, here am I, send me. And so we're excited about what God is doing. And uh, remember Thursday right after the morning session, 
we'll be having our Karis Bible College informational meeting. I want